What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Dave, Dave, Dave. Insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. Precisely. No. No. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love your little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Here we are, we're live. This is, uh, we got 86 minutes to go for Box Art. My name is Robin Callum. I'm the writer-director off in the corner here. And I'm joined by Doug, who's one of our producers. And kind of hosting this interview, uh, good moral support soldier, Gerald from yourgamesource.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, this is the final countdown to what has been a very long journey for uh, the Kickstarter campaign for box art. Um, thank you all for watching. Gerald, do you want to try to maybe get the chat going up here? You can reach in or maybe grab the mouse over there or something. Okay. Uh, no worries. Yep, I'll get that started. Just want to say, first off, congratulations to the entire team of Box Art, especially you, Rob, Doug, Nicole, uh, you know, the whole team for as far as all their efforts and getting everything started, getting everything taken care of, getting, uh, you know, the Kickstarter has been a great success for you guys. I'm just happy for each and every member of the team, and, and I, I know it's going to be a great documentary that gaming fans all around the world and retro fans, for that matter, we're going to be looking forward to when it comes out. So what you guys can expect in the final now 85 minutes is, uh, is for us to kind of go over the campaign, what's worked, uh, what we like, where we're going, uh, kind of the story of it all, and give some shout-outs to some cool things that maybe you haven't kind of maybe paid attention to because there's a lot to take in. Um, so with that, I thought maybe, Doug, we could start with, you know, how did this whole project come together? What do you remember as the seeds to... <laughs> This beginning, and I think it was, it started right around Labor Day last yeah, year. Sounds about right, yeah. So um, what, do, what do you remember? Um, we had some awesome art come into the store. Um, that's a story we'll actually cover in box art. Yeah. Um, so we had some awesome art come into the store, and it led to a much bigger discussion about, I mean, what is box art and why has it changed? And we started trying to look up some of the information on the stuff we already had and realized it didn't exist, that nobody had really delved into who these people are and who the artists were and why they made the decisions they are. I mean, we all know the blunders, but do you really know the story behind them? We all know our favorite art, but do you know who did it? And there's a few of us who might, but we really don't know anything about it. So um, discussions between you, myself, Nicole, uh, Gerald, a bunch of different people, we 
came to the conclusion that this has to be told, and we had to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, I remember uh, Nicole sending me a pic from her cell phone while I was in Canada. I was actually premiering Nintendo Quest in Canada in September. She's like, take a look at this. And it was a pic from her phone of you showing art across your store. We are broadcasting live from Retro City Games in Las Vegas. It was across the store. She's like, don't you think that's cool? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. It could have well, been like an obituary yeah. that you were holding up or something. Well, even some, we, we, we joke about that pic all the time just because we, I think we actually sent you a couple more later in the week. A little bit closer because we're trying to convince you of how cool it was. Yeah, it was and, like microfiche, and I'm like, but, I don't know what this but, is. But yeah, it's it's one of those things like it, without seeing it because there's the. Let's layers go down and, to the library and find out what it <laughs> yeah, is. Right? Pretty much, like you couldn't figure out. I mean, it, the picture didn't do it justice. Yeah, it was one of those things like I hate to say it, we kind of had to be there and yeah. see it in person to really appreciate it. But the second you saw it, I remember you just literally going. You had this look on your face where you're going through it and you looked not confused, but very stern. <laughs> and you were all of a sudden like, wow. Like it was like the most enthusiastic, unenthusiastic wow ever. Cause you could see like the gears were the gears turning. Were turning. Yeah, you're like, holy crap, look at what we have. Well, I remember saying, like, you were like, Well, what do we do with this? I'm like, I don't know. Like just from like a collector <laughs> to a collector, right? And that was aside from you guys having a store and having taken it in and all that, like, what do we do with this? I'm like, well the very least, you guys should do a short documentary about how you got it and maybe where it ends up, and maybe it's like a YouTube video. And that's kind of where we were at as well, is um, we wanted to do our best to preserve it in every way. And mm-hmm. part of that we felt was, I mean, I, I had the idea instantly take pictures, literally get it as archival as I could, right? Um, but also the history of it, so it was really actually preserved, and they just built from there. I mean, Yeah, I remember we were trying to find out more about that, very specifically and that's when it's like wait a second no one knows who these artists are no one knows who any who did any of the illustrations on the stuff that you had and that just kind of grew from there nobody's ever done a documentary on this stuff at all which is really strange right because everybody's done a documentary on every aspect of video games and music collecting history and the most visual medium in video games didn't have a visual medium talking about it. it I mean, there's tons and tons of great coffee table books, of course. There, there's a bunch out there uh, on all the different eras, and some are specific libraries, like uh, the read-only memory one on Sega and the Mega Drive that yeah. I brought in and showed you guys. Fantastic. Um, there's an a, uh, Art of Atari that's coming up by one of our producers, of course, Tim Lapatino. I'm not sure the titles don't crucify me, but the uh, N64 coffee table book. Yeah, that's that, coming uh, out. just for, came out. Yeah, a lot of those. Or just... And all, and all those people that we mentioned that helped make those books possible have supported us. So there's mm-hmm. there's a really nice kind of symbiosis, but nobody had ever done a documentary on it. Nobody had ever kind of put together a massive list of people from all consoles, all libraries, all eras. Well, and that's the way I always talk to people where I, I, I ask them, you know, what's your favorite movie? And I go, what's who's the director? Who's the actors in it? And they can rattle off all this stuff. I go, who's the composer even sometimes people know? And it's because you it's your favorite movie and the information is there for you to access. And then I ask, what's your favorite video game? And they go, a link to the past. And I go, oh, who did the art? Yeah, exactly. And even the people who might sometimes know, I go, yeah, so uh, how'd they come up with that design? And they have no clue. And I get it. It's because it's not there. Yeah. No, nobody of- signs it. It doesn't say, like, you know, Picasso in the corner. It's not, like, a cover by, like... Even now, we're not even seeing too many. It's like a new thing to see, like a, a game by Kojima, for example. Yeah, that's that's the last couple of years type of thing. Yeah, it's really but, starting to get an individual thing instead of a team or a brand. Well, and I think that's also with you know, there's for a few reasons. I mean, there's more money behind it and it's more focused. But 
I mean, on the art side of it, it's always been, you know, these people were never professional video game cover artists. Sure. They were making album covers. They were making... Movie posters. Exactly. Or they were just illustrating anything that paid the bills. So yeah. it might not, they might have thought it was a cool piece of art, but never thought twice about it when they finished it. And we've kind of, from the few people we've talked to so far, have kind of gotten that vibe that they kept it because they thought it was awesome and they might have the sketches for Sonic or they might have this or that, but they have they never thought anybody would care again. Yeah. Only them. And it was it's weird. Yeah, right? and that's some of the stories that you guys will get to hear as we get to shoot the documentary, how people got into the industry, why video games was now an option for artists and illustrators emerging into it, where they wanted to go and, and how they were treated and where it went and how they worked and what those conditions were like compared to other conditions. Like you were saying, a lot of those artists and illustrators happen to hang on to some of those sketches. Greg Ray is one of the people that we're gonna be working with who's responsible for the Sonic 1 cover. And he said, well, I was talking to him on the phone. And this is the hard part for me, right? I get to talk to most of these illustrators on the phone. And I start hearing the stories ahead of time. And I just want to say, stop. I want to wait for the cameras to roll. <laughs> He's like, you know, I probably got a bunch of the original Sonic covers. I know when you told me that. Just on paper, up in the attic somewhere. Yeah, I can dig them out. I'm like, no, don't dig them out. They're just in a trunk somewhere. I mean, <laughs> I'm like... Let's save that. We can uh, we can definitely shoot that. The unearthing of some of the alternate Sonic One covers, and I mean his story on that alone. He's got a ton of great stories. Well, uh, and then there's also, I mean, I don't want to be the downer, but there's the flip side of that where things transitioned away from that, mm-hmm. where it's it became much more of a, a cost thing. Where oh, do we pay someone a couple grand to knock out a painting, or do we pay someone two hundred bucks to do some digital art and Photoshop some of our screenshots to look better? Yeah, and that's, but I think what we get to see away from that is when we get to more of the digital covers or the in-game kind of screen grabs, we're also seeing full-on departments of illustrators that are doing tons of concept art, which was never done before. So we look at, like, you, point, you pointed me to an article by uh, Jonah Lope, who was yeah. working at Bethesda, and the way oh. that and he's on board, and I'm excited to shoot with him, and he was talking about, like, his mentor and what his office was like, and there was just concept art, like, everywhere. And the fact that, like, Bethesda, and at, at the time of the article it said, I don't know how it is now, but the fact that, that he was so revered yeah. in his art that he didn't, like, not that he didn't have a job, but his job was just to sit there and draw. Yeah. They didn't really... Just draw. Just, yeah, just keep coming up with ideas, and they would just come in every so often and go, we like yeah. that, and they'd go turn that into something. Yeah. And it wasn't just one or two pieces. He would not just draw, like, a, a monster, a creature. He would draw an entire, like, species of creatures and then he'd draw the dungeon they would inhabit, and then he'd draw the people that would be going after yeah. it. So he'd design whole levels in whole like worlds. Yeah. yeah, really in, in a few days. And that's and that's the cool thing about process, right? Because Jonah was saying, How do I follow in those footsteps? How far do I take a drawing yeah. that's two-dimensional that has to get translated into 3D? You know, at what point do I feel comfortable designing the dungeon, this the race, yep. the species, the food, the, all that stuff. And and there's also, I mean, the you have to pass it on to someone else. Yeah. So it's it's how detailed do you go to keep their creativity going? Yeah, you got to invite just, them in. Exactly, and they're not just trying to go. Oh well, I have to make it just like that because you finished it. Yeah. I mean, and and then the the fact that the biggest thing to me that article that like hit me and I it made it emotional where when he unfortunately what happened to him he they left his office the same they just left his cubicle and didn't touch anything the same bottle of water was sitting there the same. Everything. They just refused to touch it because he was so revered and such an impact. And that's one artist at one company. 
I just wanted to interrupt real quick. So there's still time for people to go ahead and be a part of the Kickstarter campaign. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, and I wanted to give a shout-out to Alistair, Blake, and a really crazy handle I can't pronounce, and I don't want to betray their alias, but you guys have all jumped on board in the last five minutes as Doug and I have been talking about some of the things that we like, which is cool. And, you know, what, what excites me and what I would love to see if we could possibly get there is for us to hit the next stretch goal, our first stretch goal, which is yeah. only at this point – you know, 1,200 or so yeah. away, which is completely possible. In the 75 minutes we have left to go, we are broadcasting on, on Google Hangouts, which is pushing to YouTube. If you have a question, send it to at BoxArtDoc on Twitter. Uh, you can message us on Kickstarter. You can message us on Facebook. We're around. Um, our chat for Google Hangout doesn't seem to be working. Uh, Gerald, maybe if you can pop onto YouTube, maybe people are leaving comments there. I don't know if you yeah, can check out that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Cool. doing that. I'm monitoring that. All social media, as far as is concerned, box art doc on Twitter. You are, you know, even at Game Source on Twitter, you can send it there too. I get it instantly. Uh, but box art doc, if you have a question on the actual film itself, maybe certain, you know, things you'd like covered on it. Uh, do you have any questions about some of the guests who may be appearing, who have been announced as appearing? and actually the future going forward for the film, mm-hmm. on, even on as far as, you know, the type of contributions that they can still make to Kickstarter, make sure you give us a, you know, ask that question now. Or if, even after when it hits YouTube, you can always ask that question to us. Box Art Doc on Twitter, at GameSource on Twitter, but uh, and also Box Art Doc, you know, on Facebook. Yeah, so I'm kind of... Uh, looking at the Kickstarter rodeo here, responding to questions as Doug and I talk, and of course Gerald's here too to help us kind of through some of the conversation. I am going to give a shout out to one reward I think is really kind of ideal and perfect. Um, it looks like we are getting a, a comment from Mikel uh, Valent, uh, Valiant, I guess. My eyesight is horrible at the moment. Uh, yes, we did see that one comment. Feel free to throw more up there, my friend. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the to the Blu-ray tier. This is uh, forty nine dollars you get uh, the expanded fan edition Blu-ray. So it's not only the feature, but it is a bunch of extras that'll pack on the disc. You get our CD, which has yeah. our complete soundtracks on that. And you get an eight by eight and a half by 11 poster print of uh, one of our key art pieces, whatever we determine is the final one. Uh, probably the third one out of the triplicate seems to be our favorite. Uh, yeah. By yeah. Far. So yeah, no, there's just, yeah. <laughs> so you get that. But what I love about the Blu-ray, like, I mean, it's high def. We're dealing with something like you said, it's the most visual aspect of video games. Like, how do you not go high def? Yeah, and especially in this day and age. I mean, it's one of those things, like, if there's always the Blu-ray option, I always, I mean, opt for it. Uh, and, you know, if $49 is a lot for a Blu-ray, obviously, you go into a store, it's not going to be 49 bucks. This is Kickstarter. We do need the help, obviously. It's But you are getting some extra stuff for it. Quite if, a few features, right? You're going to get as much as I can pack on the disc. Yep. You know, uh, I did a lot for Nintendo Quest. People that, you know, support Nintendo Quest and got those discs, they know how much I put on there. I'm going to do the same for this. If you can't afford the Blu-ray, at least get the $39 DVD that has the extra features, especially if we hit our stretch goal. As I was going to say, how much content with the stretch goal? Yeah, so you're going to get an extra disc. If we raise $1,200 in the next 73 minutes, you get an entire extra disc, whether it's an extra DVD or an extra Blu-ray. You're going to get that as long as you're $39 or higher. So big shout out to that. Uh, Next on a list to talk about, what do you remember, Doug, about saying, okay, we're going to do a documentary. We're going to do it on all things box art. We're going to see your story inside <laughs> and what you guys kind of sort out somewhere in there. And I said, you know what? We, we probably need to do a Kickstarter in order to afford it because we're not rich millionaires. <laughs> I wish. So right? maybe one we day, wish. hopefully. Um, <laughs> Make things a lot easier. What, right? do you, what do you remember going through your head before we even got into the nitty gritty when I'm like, okay, we got to do this justice. We got to go big with this. Uh, 
I can see the anxiety <laughs> riddle over you already. That's very, very much anxiety. I'm gonna um, go get some Kleenex now. For okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm a. I'm. I'm very much a numbers guy, and I'm very try to be clear and calculated. I think you I said before we even got into <laughs> anything. We bounce back and forth on what our base goal should be a lot. <laughs> we bounce back and forth on yeah. that a lot, and I think you said. This has got to be profitable if we're going to do this. That was well, like your mantra: like we can't lose money, and I get it. It's well, show business. Well, no, and it will. And part of the reason in saying we have to have the idea of you know being profitable that was to keep us from underselling ourselves. Sure. If we went into this at twenty thousand and we go, uh, if we go, hey, we're going to raise twenty thousand and we needed twenty five thousand. Well, that money has to come from somewhere. Sure. So if we go into it with the idea of we have to have enough money to make sure that we're able to deliver a product, that's more what in profitable in my mind meant is actually finishing. Sure. And that was the biggest thing. And the biggest, you know, our biggest expense is probably the travel because it's getting to these people and yeah. making it happen. It's not cheap to move a crew around to make, you knew that with Nintendo Quest and Very much your so. other projects. And yeah, it seems every, <laughs> it every project, project I do is nothing but travel. <laughs> all travel. And I didn't mean to interrupt uh, real quick, Doug, but I do want to make sure that uh, Rob answers a question from uh, Hermit in the Forest. Thank you so much for, for actually being live tonight, watching us. And uh, actually asking a great question. So the question is, uh, what will be included on the Dragoon Collector, the 125 US tier, which is the extra disc of material? So let me just read the reward for for everybody. This is by far, by the way, and I'll get to some campaign stats later. This is our number one tier right now by like 10% easily. So 10% plus people have selected this above everything else. I think it's because of the sweet Dragoon name. It it could be. It could be. (laughs) Drags. So uh, it's an extra disc of material plus a booklet with director's notes and special features list plus our triplicate box art poster. So you're going to get an extra disc of material. What that is could be anything. So if we hit a stretch goal, which we're almost close to do, you're not only going to get the feature on one disc and uh, the special edition stuff on the disc one, you're going to get the mini featurettes, which is stretch goal, the first one. And if you're at 125, you get a third disc that is even more footage. So it could be longer interviews. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's tough for us to promise what yeah. it would be. But yeah, but like it's going to be exclusive to that tier. Exactly. You won't be able to get anywhere. It, it, it might be I mean, it could be anything from uncut interviews to raw footage to... To longer segments. Exactly. Like we're, we're going to film at E3. So it could be an E3 kind of 10-minute thing that gets cut down to one minute for the film. And exactly. correct me if I'm wrong. There was what tier was for listed in the credits? If I if I want to ask, uh, was there was that still? I believe it's 25 or higher. Let me. Yeah, 25 and higher. You get your name in the end credits. So yeah. so we're talking anybody 25 and higher at any tier above that gets their name in the credits. Well. Yeah. So in addition to the extra disc and material, the booklet with director's notes, which basically is going to be like an like a manual yeah. that details what all the tiers are, plus some fun anecdotes and our triplicate box art poster. Okay. Uh, you will also get uh, all your stuff in a special game-like box. So you're not yeah. just going to get like a, a DVD case with discs in there. You're going to get an actual box with all your materials in there. So you're going to have a nice collector's edition packages. And again, the big thing is you're not going to get that extra disc anywhere else. It's not going to be available digitally. It's unique to this tier. And don't think we're going to just half-ass the first disc and you know split it into the second. No, there that first disc we packed, like like Rob said, anybody who has the Nintendo Quest anything knows he maxed out everything. Yeah, and so that second disc will be just as packed as that first one. Where yeah, it'll be it will be worth it. Yeah, and it's not going to be like, well, here's five minutes of us sitting around in a hotel wondering what we're doing, unless it's really funny or unless something unexpected happens, and it's just like, how do we fit it in? We can't, but it reveals kind of what's happening. It's going to be cool stuff that we wanted to include in some way, exactly, but haven't. So. Again, as a guy who loves watching process and behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm always about how much material can I get, especially 
if it's a one-time offer. And right now, you know, like I said, we, we have half of those left. We only offered 100. 51 are left, so you can still definitely grab one. We have 68 minutes to go. I know that uh, Michael Valiant, uh, he's, he actually is happy that there are fellow Dragoneers out there. Yes. Well, one of the things I was trying to do when I came up with all the different clever reward names, right, was, you know, to come up with a different name. That Dragooneers. Yeah. <laughs> so, drag, yeah, Dragooneers, Dragooneers. Now, although you said about the hotel room, you know, one of your previous films, actually, there were some pivotal, you know, moments. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, you, know, you, you never know, right? You, you, you never, never know. know. <laughs> some uh, deals or lack thereof going down. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and if you haven't seen his work already in Nintendo Quest, which uh, happened to be one of the best, if not the best, uh, documentary that came out in 2015, you owe yourself a bit. It just came uh, on PlayStation. On PlayStation yeah. Store and an Xbox, and it's also on Crackle, I just discovered as well. Yeah. So Amazon, which and I should say, you know, I don't want to make this about Nintendo Quest because I feel like I talk about it all the time. But that plan for distribution is what we want to do with this. This is not like let's get it done and put it on Vimeo and YouTube and call it a day. We want to take it to the next level, and that's why we need your support because it costs a lot of money to do. But also the fact that you know there is a point of reference as far as that people can go to to see what how quality work that you you've been able to put onto the screen. Right. And our, and our good friend, uh, Mikhail here, says three discs, so we're going to one-third acid instead of half acid. No. Believe me, my ass is bigger than a third. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, uh, so Doug, we talked about we're going to launch a Kickstarter. We think that this is a solution. You're getting anxiety again, as I mentioned it. Um, I know Still how much work over. goes into Kickstarter. I started work on this Kickstarter pretty much after you and I kind of said, and of course with Nicole, that this is what we're going to do. And that was like October. So this, out of all five campaigns that I've ran, I've I've never started a campaign this early. This is about seven months before we launched. And I've put more pre-production work into this than anything else. Yeah. What, uh, what and you really, really came through. <laughs> well, it's it, we've done well so far. We've still got 86 or what, 68 minutes to go. What uh, what strikes your pro- uh, your mind, and you know what have you observed about the Kickstarter process leading up to even before we've launched the amount of stuff that I was like, Doug, this is what we got to do because <laughs> you know you're kind of like the exec producer. This is more you and Nicole bringing me in because you trust me and what I've been able to well, do. No, yeah, definitely. I think we all needed each other and need each other. It's it's. I know you have a lot going on. Nicole and I have a store and other projects as yeah. well. And with this, it was one of those things where. Ah oh, man, I really thought, and I, I, don't take this wrong, I thought 99% of the Kickstarter was beforehand, was getting it set up properly, was advertising it, and I instantly learned about 10 minutes in that it's the exact opposite, that you think all that work you did before was the 99%, but it's the promoting, it's the talking to people every day about it, it's the advertising, it is the nonstop talking about nothing but box art. And that's fine, I loved yeah. it, It's but I, I, I really wasn't prepared for... But that's the best yeah. way to go into it. Yeah, I, I if I could have you learn the one lesson, it's like I'm so glad you thought most of the work happened before, but it certainly does not go on autopilot after. I, I mean, it was. I mean, we were in contact. I mean, 10, 15 times a day. Yeah. I'd say the whole month leading up, and let you, alone the six months before, where I'm like, here's what I'm thinking for the trailer video. It, oh, here's the how I want to lay out the page. It, here are the rewards. Even, even holidays, we were closed. We'd meet Rob for lunch. I mean, yeah. there was no days off for Kickstarter and getting this whole thing set up. There, it's, and I, I expected that. I mean, obviously, this doesn't happen yeah. taking days off, but it's one of those things where 
I, like I said, I, I really thought not that I, it would we'd see a little step back at all, but I thought things would be a little more just smooth sailing once it started, and then the uh, <laughs> and then the storm happens. The, the ocean is every, choppy, my friend. Every, every day it's a question. It's somebody has this question, that question, and I know you were getting the brunt of that. And thank you, <laughs> but but there's a lot of that stuff that's getting relayed to us. Where can you check this out? Can you check that out? And it's holy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot I, it's, of work. It is a lot of work. But I, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Glenn Glenn Stanley, who's of course one of our producers, Definitely. who yes, also absolutely. provided the the wonderful dramatic velvety yeah. uh, voiceover for for the trailer, which is cool. And Xavier uh, Vanden Newland, who did a lot of the graphic works on Nintendo Quest, yeah. I was able to bring him back in to to work on. Our piece here, which was really cool. And he you guys did, did an awesome job with that. He I mean, was more him than me. He did all those living boxes where they're coming that's to amazing, life, where uh, the, the layers just pop and move. But that that was four months oh right there yeah, of, of like was, nonstop work. And it was that was a, a great great way to, to not only uh, introduce the fans out there and and possible you know backers to the project, but just just to, it provides a great look for everyone out there to know more to want to know more about what the movie is going to be all about. Exactly. And it's, it's that even, even that was another thing that, you know, we had the Rob relayed the idea to us. We kind of had an outline for everything. And then that was a, uh, 30 revisions later. And yeah. I, I must've watched that trailer 30 times before it was even done. And then once I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't know how it went from that to this, but I'm okay with it. It looks like it got there. Yeah. Also. It got there. Yeah. Just want to give a shout out real quick to uh, Tim. Uh, if I can, he uh, had some kind words to say oh, to, sure. to you guys. He so. really didn't like Nintendo Quest, apparently. You shut your mouth up. <laughs> you shut your mouth Appreciate the kind words for, for Nintendo Quest and, and, you know, your faith and, and and as far as what you believe will happen, you know, just a great film coming up that, that all these guys and gals are going to be a part of. And it, we're just looking so forward to it, uh, you know, as far as the documentary coming to life. And I, I think that's a, one, of, one of the best things actually right there. Is so far even just in, in in the part we've had and the um, just people walking into the store, people who are completely new to gaming. Um, I had a guy in here today. His name's uh, Joey. Yay, Joey. Um, Joey. <laughs> he he comes in. Uh, he just got back into uh, Nintendo stuff, and he had seen Nintendo Quest up there. Uh, had kind of looked it up, and he's like, "Oh, did you see they're doing another document on Boxcar?" I'm like, "That's the one I was telling you about." And, and he hadn't put two and two together <laughs> that the documentary we were doing was the one that that because he only been here a couple times, like sure. one ear out the other, and um, the 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 connection instantly from, "Oh crap, you guys are doing that too." He wanted to know everything about it. Sure, and I. I not the kind of guy that would jump on Kickstarter and contribute, but the, the passion he had and how excited he was, was awesome. And daily we get people in here going, Oh, congratulations on the Kickstarter or Hey, what's going on? And you know what I mean? Just really wanting to know more or even at some of the cons and stuff, people walking up and going, you guys are doing the uh, Kickstarter for um, box art. And yeah. people are just so excited about the idea that somebody's doing this. It's, it, it's, I'm, it's really hard on social media to convey all the intricacies. You, 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 it, it takes all your effort just to get someone to the page to look at the trailer, maybe in its entirety, and maybe read a paragraph. And then you can only respond to so much. Yeah. And in so much depth. I mean, there's yeah. only it, – it's tough. I mean, it's not that I don't want to. It's just I, I can tell someone, and they might have had a fleeting comment that it was just this is what yeah. I, I was saying. And so I, I come back, and it's, 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 it's fun. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Michael had a, actually another excellent question out sure. there for you guys. Uh, uh, he was asking – how do you guys make the decision to do something about games and how do you make the decision of documentaries instead of blogs and videos and, you know, the, the usual 
things that are done on the internet these days, like streaming and whatnot? I uh, well, I mean, to be honest, uh, I just like making documentaries on things I like. So he's also mentioned Power of Grayskull in here, which I'm a you know pretty big He Man fan. He Man, um, He Man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not helping my cause there, Gerald. And uh, of course, Nintendo Quest, a big Nintendo fan in box art. I mean, honestly, I really wasn't going to do another gaming documentary. No, but you're if, actually. If you're... there was one subject, though, and if there's only one subject I would do, it would have been box art. Yeah, uh, you are very much like Nicole and I were, and it, there's not a lot of people out there like it where the boxes almost take priority. Yeah. If, if you're sitting there with a game that you've wanted, and there's 10 boxes that you really, really like, you'll probably go for the boxes yeah. just like I will, and be I can get the game later. Sure. It's, yeah. I, I, and Every I know time. that's weird because you, you can't play the box. Well, for but, many of us, it takes us back. It takes us back to a different era. You know, uh, like like you said, with, with NES. But for me, Commodore Amiga, where a lot of that box art was just so, just so dramatic and just so detailed... And when you're going to the game and you, you look on the back and you don't see much as far as screens are concerned and you have to go either off the, the game description or the beautiful box art, a lot of times you made that decision back sure. in the day off the box art. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to Andreas who just backed us from uh, Germany. Appreciate it. What I love about ending these around midnight our time is we start to get a lot of pledges from, from Europe and over as, as the sun in the morning comes. Yeah, it's yeah, morning over there. Because yeah. it's like an eight-hour difference, so people are starting to wake up, which is cool. Um, but to answer the question, how come not blogs or, or maybe like a YouTube channel or something like that? I, I'm a filmmaker. I really don't know how to say it any other way. I'm not a YouTube guy. I mean, you can check out my YouTube channel. I think I have 300 subs. It's just not a, a platform I'm comfy with. Well, and I can also say from, I guess, the other end, the the non-filmmaker letting you do stuff for us and you doing our advertisements and things like that. Um, from a business side and just from a, a community side, it's more engaging. Sure. It's, it's one of those things... You know, kind of uh, makes it a little bit more special, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the first video we did with you was a parody of Clerks, and there are still people to this day that come in and go, "I loved your Clerks video," yeah. and to me that builds a much stronger sense of community. It creates a dialogue much more than something somebody read on a page. Sure. And you know, we can talk about it all day long, and there's there's tons of great forums and websites. There's Nintendo Age, Atari Age. There's tons of collecting sites you can go to and just read about the stuff yeah but to actually see a person talk about it to actually see a person go through their own work and see yeah see the emotion and actually feel it well, and again that's more powerful and again there has been no documentaries no. on this subject it, true <laughs> you know there are other he-man documentaries in the works um you know there's one on indiegogo right now by john f carroll who really wants to focus on people and their childhood memories very specifically and how that helped them as children you know go check that on on indiegogo you know, and there's uh, Toy Masters, which is another He-Man documentary. There's been nothing on box art as a documentary. There have been great YouTube videos. There have been blog posts, but there hasn't been a documentary. And certainly nothing out there that has amassed as many illustrators that nobody knows about until this. True. And I think there's also something special about hearing it from the person. Yeah. I can write about something all day. I love writing. I can sit there and talk about something all day. Mm-hmm. But to actually hear it from that person, to actually hear yeah. from the person who was really there, really did it. There's just something special about that. We've got another question. It looks like here uh, from Tim. Uh, he was suge- he was actually you know elaborating on what we said sure. earlier about the mystery behind what game you were going to play when just looking at the box art. It's very similar to music album covers, and that's actually a sure. great yeah. great uh, you know or movie like, posters as well. Exactly, a great similarity. Uh, the mystery could sell uh, you know crappy games like an ET, which you know that was pretty good cover art, which you know sold. 
initially uh, uh, very well. Yeah, millions plus seller. Exactly. Or uh, monsters like Mario, Mario 3. 3. And, and the, this topic is very fascinating. And that's why we're doing it here. That's why we're yeah. here today. I'm actually very, I'm more guilty of that with music than I am of uh, games. Yeah. I would say I'm actually very guilty of a, uh, Flipping through a you know a genre section in a, in a record store and oh, seeing, oh this looks cool yeah and it's, two hours you know, later you're breaking the album so, but but then some of my favorite bands and some of my favorite albums I found that way just completely based off aesthetics and it's not even a visual medium yeah and so you when you add that to, to gaming I mean it's yeah same thing it's it can be a bust well it's funny because I always think of course gaming is a visual medium but it's also like an experiential medium. Oh yeah. It's it's your experience with that game and it's you know it's sight and sound, but it's all the tools that gaming uses and box art I think for both of us is all, like cover art is is an essential thing. It's an extension of that. I mean it's 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 the first glimpse of the experience you're going to get. Yeah. And hopefully that conveys well. And I think something like I mean even we can even compare ET and Mario 3 when you see the cover of Mario 3 I get a very different feeling than when I look at the E.T. cover. The E.T. cover sure. reminds me more of I'm going to go watch the movie, and that's <laughs> it, as opposed to look at Mario. Sure. <laughs> I mean, like, well, what else to say? I, I like, actually <laughs> did a painting for you guys over there that was very much Mario 3 yeah. inspired with the yellow background. So. Oh, yeah. And like you said, like I said, Tim, out there, uh, it is all about discovery. Yeah, it is very much about trying to figure out what's out there. And, you know, I, I would rather take a chance on a great piece of aesthetics than something that doesn't look good and pass it off, you know. Yeah. If I'm going to be guilty of buying a bad game, at least I'm going to have a good cover. Oh, you know, <laughs> there, you know, it's not a big deal. At least I'll get that good cover. So I like this comment that uh, Ryan Reed said here. Ryan, brother, yes. I don't always get up at two a.m., but when I do, it's to support a Rob McCallum Kickstarter. There you go. Thanks, thanks, Ryan. You, uh, you've been pretty awesome. You've been very generous with us. You're one of our, uh, one of my great sponsors and. <laughs> backers for a lot of my campaigns so thanks for getting up man i know you're on dc and i appreciate all the support and just for you war eagle buddy you know i'm more about roll tide but war eagle for you and uh bonnie uh, <laughs> i guess uh also wanted to go a little bit more into detail about sure. et uh to be fair et was huge at the time and yep. yes it was before they you know the excess went into landfills and uh, this was before the stigma that movie games tended to be bad, which is true, absolutely. Oh, That's a good point indeed. And there were a lot of movie games that were yeah, awesome. Like Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark was another million-plus seller. Again, Howard Scott Warshaw, who did E.T., who did Yara's Revenge, three million-plus sellers, but most people will probably criticize him the most for E.T. Now, it did a lot, yes. Well, Howard did. Scott Warshaw, of course. Part of our box art documentary. It did sell a lot off the off the name, obviously. You know, when you saw it on the on the box art, but the box art imagery, as far as is concerned, was actually very well done. Sure. Oh F- yeah. Fifty three minutes to go, I should say, and we are about eleven hundred now away from our first stretch goal. Lots of time left. Um, did you have any last thoughts on that? Because I was actually going to maybe get you to do something cool again. That whole we can't we can only do so much in person. Yeah. So, did you have any last thoughts on movie games and movie box art? No. All right, so what I want to show everybody out there, and I know this is going to be a hard sell, but at least we can show it off during this campaign kind of closer, is to show you guys some of the set of art that Doug and Nicole actually acquired, which is available, of course, for the higher tier right now. We even dropped it to $2,000 if you want one of the envelopes. So why don't you – I don't know where you've hidden the envelopes. Okay, why don't you take a step (laughs) over and get one of the envelopes? Uh, The firm of Price Waterhouse? No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, but tell me your thoughts as we get closer. I mean, this, I know it's always an anxious time as, you know, the Kickstarter campaign ends for you. And this is mm-hmm. obviously not your first 
you know, rodeo, as uh, so to speak. But just tell me your thoughts as far as as we close this out. I uh, this this part of it, this part of the the, the phase out. It's uh, it's going to be a great relief to wake up tomorrow morning because it is so much work to make sure that these things go on the pace and they aren't derailed by by any uh, stretch whatsoever. It takes a lot of energy and it's a lot of planning. It's not just let's hope what happens for 32 days in this case. Um, it's breaking that down week by week, finding out what that message is that you want to send and how does that message change for, per week, per day, uh, talking to the blogs, getting the, the people like Ryan Reed, who's celebrating the War Eagle kind of slogan I just threw out there. It's talking with Doug and Nicole, you know, what are the people that come in your store asking? Here's what people are asking me. How can we share this message? It's a lot of work. I, you know, took essentially all the month of May off to make sure that this could go well. Because we don't, you know, you don't have a large production company. No, it's just, it's just me. It's very much just me. And on this time, this is the first time I've had a team. So I've had, uh, I've had uh, Sarah, one of our producers. I've had Tim. I've had Doug, Nicole, Glenn, all these people are finally starting to share. Our good friend Dan from Nintendo H, who's a producer as well. These are all people that have made my life a lot easier by sharing and getting the word out. But that just pushes me more because if I can rely on them to do that little bit, then that means I can do a little bit more. And with you know six, seven months lead-up time, I really want to make the most of it. So, Absolutely. Um, it's an exciting time. I mean, right now we have... Let's see here. We have 50 minutes, 5-0. And, again, we are at 33-877, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. Got a question here from uh, Bonnie again. Sure. Um, I remember some Master System Kung Fu or something game that literally just had a cartoon foot on the corner yeah. of the cart and entire box art. Or was it uh, TG-16? No, it was. it's a it Master System game. It wasn't Hey, Doug, graphics. do you guys have uh, – is it Kung Fu or whatever for Master System or Karate? I know you guys have a bunch of games. There. I just can't see them right now. The boxer sticks out so well. But it was a Sega Master System. Yeah, and it is literally just like an arm or a body part. Same with wrestling, I think, is that. It's only... Yeah, the wrestling. He's, he's got like the guy in a headlock, but his head is like down in his own headlock. Yeah, it's, it's strange. And see, that's the power of box art itself. I know box art, whether it's... Very well done. Or well, the idea of the the, the master the master system games are uniform, right? Just like the Activision games for Atari, there's a uniform to that. So who came up with that template? Again, EA games, right? Uh, EA sports games. That's true. That's true. Uh, they uh, Bonnie found it. It's uh, Black Belt. Okay, yeah, that sounds more appropriate now. Kung Fu obviously is the NES, but box art does leave an impression on you. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Doug, do you have uh, the TurboGrafx-16 Bomberman still? Or did you, you sold it? Yeah. Damn it! That's, that's my favorite Bomberman cover too. I was wondering if they would have it for the the cast. It's weird. I love I love that one. I wanted to buy it for again for the cover alone. I don't have a TG sixteen, but you know it's great. We have forty nine minutes to go. Doug is still uh, getting some art over there to show us. So people still have plenty of time to go ahead and, and uh, you know contribute to this awesome project, sure. to this awesome upcoming film. Tell uh, us more about what you know, if Sars is concerned. Well, let me ask you and hop into the hot seat while Doug is getting over this. Because I am a contributor it. as well. Yeah, you are a contributor. Um, what did what did you notice about the campaign? I mean, you're you're kind of a little bit removed. I'd say you're kind of part of our support staff. You do a lot of these things with us. You uh, you push almost everything I seem to put out on you know your website. You're one of the 
the soldiers of fortune? Uh, I try because, like you said, it was all about community. When you and sure. I had our first conversation a couple years ago, that was one of the first things you, you had instilled in me that it was about community, about if we support each other uh, as a gaming community, then we can do great things. And your idea and your concept, when it came up with that one day, I saw you guys you know, started talking about it, and then you just, its concept became reality as far as box art is concerned. I see the love that all three of you here locally mm-hmm. have for it. Then I see Patrick as far as yeah. what he PSP, sends out. Scott, another great producer who's done you know, so much for us. And, and what he says about his box art is concerned. These are you, just, you can feel that. And if you feel that kind of devotion to that part of, of yes, we're all older gamers here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the older but side. He's an older gamer. Come there on now. Go. But I remember those days where it was just box art, where you remember the image of the box art, oftentimes more than the game itself. Sure. And what impressions it had on you as a maybe a more simpler time in your life. Well, if you look at the triplicate posters that we released that were beautifully illustrated by Catherine Yee, um, you see that box art experience going to the store, looking up at like the, the shelf that doesn't seem to end exactly. and pointing to one and then looking at it in the aisle and just be like, oh my God, mesmerized. And even still when you're home and in that third final piece, you're still looking at it before you're even putting it in the machine. Well, one of the uh, first jobs I had was uh, working uh, for a, a retailer, for a retailer uh, of Amiga and Mac products. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we would get the shipments in and unpack them for, for distribution in the store or for mail order. Yeah, mail order. Yeah. That's how long it takes me. Um, and you would see, I would just, you know, pull that out of the box and see these games and see these fan, you know, fantastic and beautiful, uh, well thought and well drawn out and well detailed covers that just, you know, it would take you, this is what the game is going to be like. And then yeah. Yeah, I got to play it. Sure. I got to play it. Sure. So, absolutely. See that. I know Ryan and Tim are uh, still firing away. We appreciate all the comments out there as far as it's concerned. Ryan Reed says, the worst part of the NES, you couldn't see the cover cover art of the cart while playing. That's why I use a top loader today, so you can see it from across the room. You know, that's some good rationale. I can't argue with that. And then Tim says, Blockbuster based how many copies they stock the game, sometimes solely on the box art. That's interesting. And then uh, Bonnie says, True, whoever could forget seeing the cover art for Phalanx on SNES, whether it was at the store or a rental place or wherever. Well, Some of those really I, burned into your memory. I love well, watching my grandpa. Well, I got yeah. mad a lot at Blockbuster because they took, when they, you know, obviously when they took out, uh, you know, they brought their stuff out for rental, but not, they wouldn't have covers. Or they would, and they'd cut the box and put it in their VHS. We actually, oh. uh, this will make everybody cringe. We had somebody uh, trade in, this is recently, like last two months or so, uh, it was probably 40 NES games. Uh, um, and they, what they had done is it was their childhood self who had taken the boxes and cut them down to fit in those plastic, ooh. like, generic cases. There were no, like, big top-tier games or anything, but it was just watching. But still. We're just seeing everything yeah, dead. And you're everything like, dead. oh, my. Everything cut down to, oh, to fit the man. box. So, Doug, you're, you're back. So c- come take the hot seat. And uh, I'm still manning Kickstarter here a little bit. Doug, you've brought uh, some art with you, so why don't you just can maybe prop it up and kind of hold it in front of you? And also, also just want to make sure less less than 45 minutes to go to still chance to get in, even if it's 13 dollars to be a digital backer. You're not going to want to miss this. And if you have any quick questions, you know, for us, it's right there on YouTube, or you can send out a message to you know Rob himself at Box Art Doc on Twitter. 
Yeah. And it's not even just about, you know, you don't want to miss this. It's every dollar that we raise now creates a better product for everybody later. Yeah. It creates a better experience and a better, you know, glimpse and a better understanding of this artwork. We don't want to yeah. miss anything. So the more money we have to, to travel, the more people we can see, the bigger and better this will be for everybody. I agree. So, okay. Um, so what do you got here? What's the first thing up? Oh, it looks like we, it looks like we have a question first. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go ahead let's, with let's uh, Michael and uh, Bonnie again. Uh, Bonnie wanted to say, to be fair though, I am glad boxes and cases are plastic now since it was too easy to damage the cardboard ones. Sure, but and, the only thing I'll say about that is I love the cardboard ones because now you treat them a little bit more with respect, right? Like that's as collectors, that gives it its value because it is so easy to damage. And I and I will actually say that I almost feel that. I agree with you because I the two systems I mainly collect for are Super Nintendo and PS2. And PS2, it is rare that I find in my head would be considered like mint or near mint. Sure. And it's because it's the sliding of plastic back and forth. Yeah. People, people don't treat other games like that. And, and I, it's it's weird. I know it sounds stupid, but it's when I get the scuffs all over my covers, I'm like... Uh, and both Michael and, and Bonnie also you know, were talking about the manuals that they're missing. I know that... And now... Actually, part of these days are not even included in most games. They're they're found. You have to find them online or whatnot, or they're to give you a link as far as you know if you wanted to read it off the uh, publisher's website. So, sure, changes are being made there. But I just wanted we've got some more comments, more coming questions in. coming in now. Uh, who is your favorite English person? Question for Rob: Who is my favorite English person? Well, I have a good friend over there named Sean Evans. Um, he's a good guy. Uh, another good friend of mine, Ashboard, who I work with a lot too. That Ian guy's okay. I mean, he's all right. Um, he's okay. He's a little bit of a, a trickster, a huckster, a schemer, a planner. He always waits underneath the green sign for me. So he's a good guy. He writes lots of letters in on our gamer cast. So I, I appreciate that from Ian. Uh, we also got one from uh, All God. Uh, still happy that I heard have my Earthbound. Uh, in pretty nice condition. Yeah, CIB, sure. Yeah, he was a Nintendo kid, but uh, wasn't uh, a Savior Boxes kid. Sure. Which I think he's regretting now. Yeah, I and, guess. And Ryan, with one more, there was a joke in my school about how no one had rented Phalanx, uh, Phalanx in years at our video hut. I mean, I grew up in Alabama. I could just walk outside and see someone with a banjo and, and coveralls. Okay, so there was nothing special about that because their everyday that's, life, I guess, Ryan is suggesting. Oh, it's... Hey, I'm in the weeds over here. It's biscuit. Yeah, I know who you are. I know it's the British biscuit. Ian, I'm over here. Ain't so bad, not so much. Show us some art. Well, um, actually, I wanted to, to go back to the, the okay. thing about manuals, and um, I don't have any right in front of me, which is sad. But the one of the big things is that was interesting to me when we were going through the art is um, not just the the actual like art design. Um, get that up so everybody can see it. Um, and the amount of time that was put into that, but the amount of time that was put into the manuals and everything, the templates, and yeah. there are full. So for every page in the manual, there is a full mock-up like this. Sometimes multiple revisions, and it's not just a mock-up on a no. board like this. It has all the little notes, like as you can see here along the side, and how they're all drawn to specific parts of the manual it's and all, covers. This is, of course, an advertisement. But for the manuals, oh, it's yeah. all splayed out like that. Same idea, and it's all it's all layered like Rob's showing. Where it and sometimes it's multiple layers, three, yeah. four, five layers. Uh, it's the color values, yeah. and then they would send these to. So you can see right here. This is a transparency, and of course, this is for Super Nintendo. Um, so even for and this, and this flips this way. 
but it's like a Photoshop file because it's all layered but with transparencies in a physical Photoshop file, right? And then something like this, even the box layout. Yeah. Where, I mean, eventually this becomes the box, and you can see where um, I don't speak Japanese, but some of the people that come into our store do. Yeah. And from what I understand and what they understand is all of the corrections and all the things that are circled are from when they sent it to the actual print shop sure. in Japan to look at everything, and these were the notes they sent back. So yeah. they would actually do this as far as the transparency and go through and make color values, corrections. So this is like one of a kind. This is, of course, one of the pieces yeah. that we're offering on Kickstarter. This yeah. is Kakoma Night and Busyland. Both of those are part of the envelope that we're yes. offering. You have a ton of stuff back here that's part of that envelope. And it's about a little bit of everything, but there is... Wait a bit. Actually, I have. Actually, one. Biscuit likes what he sees already. Yeah, I bet yeah. he does. <laughs> to actually um, show you this. Is but it, I mean, if you're a, a Super Nintendo fan, for example, you know, Ryan Reed, I'm looking at you. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that you want. This is one of a kind in house development stuff. I mean, even on the back, you can see, you know, that this ruling mechanical board is, it's not just, you know, poster board. This is like industry stuff. Even, even um, some of these come with these letters where it's telling oh, the you correspondence. So it's, it's on Nintendo letterhead. I might grab some here in a second. It's on Nintendo letterhead and it's telling you this came from this address, this place, and we're sending it here. Yeah. Uh, Gerald, it would actually, yeah, it'd be in the bottom stack over there. I believe. We have 38 minutes to go. We're still um, sitting at 33,877. Yeah. This, this, I mean, I feel like I can talk about this stuff forever. That's why I'm excited to showcase your story because nobody gets to see this stuff on top of everything else. Everything. And there's a lot of stuff here. I just, you know, I have not. Gerald's actually... been kicked out at this point. I'm getting squeezed out this way. What, what do you got here? Do you got. Because uh, I haven't seen the whole, the whole list okay. of items here as far as it's concerned. And there's there's quite a bit of stuff. There's here. a ton oh, of stuff yeah. here. I mean, even to give you an idea, this is one of the. This is just a single page. So this would be page 12 and 13 of the manual. Yeah. Doug needs to learn Japanese from George. <laughs> no. Uh, and Biscuit <laughs> wants to see the Nintendo letter. Just a. Just sure. And he looks like. He's, and Biscuit also likes uh, that mock up manual, which is cool. Well, and that's the thing is just as much excruciating time. And yeah. As- so here's uh, here's this manual again while Doug is looking for that, just so you can have a, a better look. I know the contrast is a little off. So, again, uh, tissue paper, transparency paper over top. You can see that they've traced and really set out where things have to go on each side and given notes, and they've even, you know, identified screenshots, specific ones that get called out later on, on microfilm. And this is split half and half. So you can see what is actually written there and then what the notes correspond and why they have to fit in that area, which is really cool. And you said, uh, you know... Uh, and this is heavy. Like, like it's it's got weight to it. It's it's like real deal, you know? Even, even in the um, the adverts themselves where this is what's going to be in a magazine or be sitting on the... Well, that's actually store. what I really love about this stuff because you have the finished adverts that are pulled out of magazines. That they were, And we have the art... You have the entire just, process. You have the notes, the rendering, and the final thing. Even the details like this is an actual branded envelope. Yeah. So this is something that they were mocking up to say, hey, this is what the finished product will be and this is how we'll send it to them. So that's probably what got yeah. sent to like EGM and stuff. But we'll be talking to Jeff Peters who founded EGM, who's part of this. So he'll be able to kind of comment on that. And the attention the detail as far as what they're sending out it looks all but like as a collector right like tom sawyer is is an nes game so if you're an nes collector you get the envelope for all all this stuff and all the art all the manuals the boxes 
everything. And I'm not going to lie. I was more excited for things. I, the art's amazing, but I was so excited for little things like this. That you don't so, find anywhere. No, and yeah. it's um, to, to, to show you the letterheads and things like that. Uh, I can't really see what I'm doing right now. Can you flip back for a second there, Gerald, so we can yeah, see ourselves? All there right. you go. Um, I know it's kind of hard to see, but original letters, um, that is not a... So you can see the Nintendo logo right up here. here. And then... Um, so basically, this letter is describing, it's a, please be advised that I'm sending you the artwork for F1 Rock via Ocean Carrier. Um, I just noticed in the front of the box, there's a dynamic growth logo next to the quality seal. The logo should not be there, and I was wondering if you could move it to the lower right-hand corner of the illustration. If there's problems, please contact me. Yeah, so, so like, again, real real cool. I'm going to try to show it up there. I don't know if it's going to autofocus, but you'll get the idea. It's, again, another step in the process. They thought it was done. It wasn't quite done. And so these are inner office memos sent, yeah. Yeah, sent to, to and from office. Nintendo. And yeah. then to, to me, so this, yeah, this is something, you know, from the print shop back and forth. We yeah. have a couple of these. But we only have a few of these in a couple of the envelopes that really these are what threw me off um, as far as this is how this ended up back to the artist where it's please be advised due to shortage of storage space at our printing house in Japan, returning the above artwork to you. And it shows it's going to Mr. Chuck uh, Bowles. This is November 24th of 1992, and it's from Ellen uh, crush the licensing secretary. Yeah, authentic signature and everything. Exactly. Nintendo letterhead. And so, and that is a, I believe, that is not, no, that is an actual signature. Yes. That's yeah. not like an actual copy or anything. Um, so this is how the, all this artwork was there. The box master was there. Yeah. And this is them saying, we're sending it back. So be on the lookout for it. Yeah. Now, now um, Tim had a question real quick. Sure. Uh, will you be interviewing any marketing reps like from, say, Nintendo? I think that's what he was specifically asking for. Uh, not Nintendo specifically at this point, but we are we do have former Nintendo employees on board that worked in the NES and SNES era. Um, we're not sure. Scheduling, of course, is the big thing to sort out. Um, but we are working with a lot of agencies that did work for Nintendo as well. So, um, again, I don't want to name any names until everything's specific. I don't want to be handcuffed to who's who. But we do have a lot of people that deal with this kind of stuff and that can speak to some of the reasons by why these decisions were made and explain the process even more than we can piece together as amateur detectives. I, yeah, I think it'd be safe to say it's Pete. We can at least say it's people who were in the industry at that time yeah. doing this kind of work. I would say predominantly, uh, other than, I mean, there's a good chunk of our list that is a little bit more what I would say fan-driven, but 80% of the people we have on board are very much industry side of things. So this is much more from behind the curtain forward and it's with a real, little bit backwards. And it's the people you never yeah. see, you never hear about, but they're the people who are not only making the decisions, but they're the ones guiding this whole thing forward. But, uh, but also people, so, you know, people and, and industry individuals that, that people would automatically, gamers would automatically uh, you know, instantly identify with, correct? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of the three flavors. It's all the unknown artists. There's well-known industry people. Uh, Cliff Plazinski, you know, is one of our supporters now. He tweeted which out, pretty awesome. which is cool. Um, you know, Trip Hawkins. Again, I already mentioned yeah. Jeff Peters. We we got a lot of kind of name people that want to support this, which is great. And then we have you know some of the the collectors and some of the YouTube personalities that we know out there. The game chasers are on board. Uh, yeah, Gamester eighty one is on board, for example. So there, there's a little bit of everything, but it's definitely weighted more towards those unsung heroes because that's the reason why we're doing this. So um, with that, I wonder if, Doug, if we should maybe – we have 32 minutes to go. We just got another about, backer. About so 1000 away now. Yeah, almost $1,000 away from our first stretch goal. I want to give a shout-out to Bryce. Thanks for supporting us, Bryce. I'm going to send you a nice Thank little message. I wonder – message from Rob. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be nice. He's Canadian, don't you know? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Not your buddy guy. 
Um, I thought maybe we could kind of reveal what we've decided to do with the project kind of going forward. This is something we talked about a few days ago. Um, we have a lot of people on board. Are you okay with revealing this first? Yeah. This big secret, Nicole knows. We, we kind of talked. Oh, cool. She's hiding way behind the camera, of course. Just give me the peace sign. Peace. Um, we didn't. We never knew if we'd hit our goal. We didn't know where we'd end up. We have a really good idea now. We had a good idea a couple of days ago, too. And at $30,000, we promised that we would do a 90-minute documentary. Yes. 90 minutes. We knew that we could travel and you know talk about Boxer for 90 minutes long. 90 minutes is, of course, what a distributor wants. Um it's just easier to sell. They can't sell anything more and we can't afford to really do any more. So what we decided to do was instead of handcuff ourselves to a 90 minute documentary and really only feature a handful of people. Every time I wrote a treatment, it was six, eight, maybe 10 different people from all these eras being interviewed. Cause there's only so much you can fit into that one. 90 minutes minute. goes by like that. And yeah, I mean, 10 people that's giving, that's dividing 90 minutes into nine minutes per artist. Yeah. And that's without and that's, any setup of where we're going. Exactly. That's without any transitions. That's, with that's no without context. you guys. That's no context. Yeah. That's just, Hey, this is it. <laughs> that's no case studies. That's no comparison. That's nothing. So what we decided to do was let's make this easier on ourselves and, better for everybody out there. And way better for everybody else out there. So what we've decided to do is we are going to go ahead and we're going to make box art, not a 90-minute documentary with 30 minutes left to go. If you're interested in supporting <laughs> this, with 30 minutes left to go. If only you're 30 interested minutes left. in supporting this, we're only $1,000 away from our first stretch goal. Which will add a lot to this. Oh, yeah. Especially the way, especially this idea. Yeah. Um, what we've decided to do Instead of making it a 90-minute documentary, we've decided that we are going to make this a series from the get-go. And we are committing to hopefully (laughs) six episodes for season one. Yes. That will run about 25 minutes each. So you'll get six episodes, 25 minutes each. And that will cover everything that we've promised in Kickstarter, all eras, everything from Fairchild and Atari all the way to contemporary stuff. We're gonna each episode will kind of be loosely based on one or two key interviews. Of course, we're still gonna have some comparison stuff. We're still gonna have case studies, everything we've already promised. But by organizing it as a series, it allows us to do episodes later and keep filming with people down the road. And it ultimately leads, like you said, to more content. To more content. I didn't want to make a 90-minute film that was supposed to be like the end all of the discussion on box art. When we can only fit so many people in there. And now we're, I mean, essentially doubling the time. Because that's the yeah. first question, you know, it's going to be asked by a lot of people. It's like, okay, well, what about this? Well, what about this aspect? Yeah. What about that aspect? We, yeah, we didn't want to sit there and not only, you know, have the questions asked, but also have to, you know, answer to ourselves on why did we cut this person? Why wasn't this person yeah. there? Why didn't we talk about this? And by doing it this way, I think we can focus on a topic, be more concise, yep. and really stick with it for an episode and continue on. I mean, yeah. a 25-minute episode times six, that's 100 and... I don't want to be stupid and say my math. I wrong. think it's 150. I don't want to screw anything up, though. And I mean, that's two and a half hours of content. Versus the the ninety minutes ninety minutes we yeah. could have delivered. So before. you're getting almost an hour extra content right away. Now don't handcuff us to twenty five minutes. I would say but, between twenty two twenty five. No, definitely. But I, that's that's an estimate and everything. Yeah. Nothing's concrete. But yeah, that's I'll, 
That's what we want to do. I mean, uh, biscuits chucking in more cash right now. I love it. Thanks, <laughs> uh, thanks, Ian and uh, Steve. I, Steve also as well. Steve Green, great idea. He says uh, then you could do an episode on uh, you know he's talking about British illustrators uh, and designers. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Anything is possible now. We want to cover the ground bases, of course. The the, the stuff people want to see, the different eras, the the processes, how it changed, digital versus physical, where we're going in the future, what is Boxer nowadays compared to what it is, all that stuff, all right? And there is that definite divide. Yeah. There, there, versus- and you know what? Like, we can take the 90-minute template that we have, but now we can expand it and have, like, five episodes of everything Atari in before. Now we can have five episodes NES era. Not that it's all going to be on NES, but of that time frame. And I think uh, Valiant picked up very quickly on uh, season one. Uh. Yeah, I kind of threw <laughs> through season one. And so here's the deal. We would love to do, obviously, more than one season. If we have over 100 names listed on Kickstarter, we have another 100, maybe 150 on another list that we haven't even approached it because we don't want to get people too excited. And, right? what's, and what's really interesting about that second list we have is correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say most of those names have come from people who are already involved. Yeah. And so it's it's friends, it's other people that are already probably going to be willing to do it. I don't think it'll take much coercion or much. And judging by initial reaction, a lot of people are very, very, very yeah. excited about the announcement. Uh, I see, look, John, George, Tim, Bonnie again. Uh, Herman in the Forest, uh, just you know, great responses, and we appreciate the PC it. stuff. PC art is definitely being involved. Oh, I know one of your favorite artists, Brom. Brom, and I. It's funny because we Brom was the probably the person I was most excited yeah. for, um, just being a Doom fan, and just and we I got Lucas Arts guys too. Yeah, I mean, and um, I actually had a friend. I think I told you who just randomly gave me a Brom art book. Yeah, you're like, saying that. They're like, I think you'd like this, and I'm like, I, I think, think I will. Like I think I will. And As no he idea. slides it across the crystalline table. Pretty much. Um, but to address what that one comment, I, I think you said it was from Mikal or, or Michael, season one. Does that mean there are going to be more seasons? We want to. Of course. Right now, we can only afford to commit to this right now. And yeah. we're even stretching our resources by doing that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't change the stretch goals. It'll just, it'll still give you the extra disc and you'll still get mini featurettes if we hit that first stretch goal, which we're about $1,033 away from doing. We hit that, you're still going to get a separate disc. Uh, of many featurettes um, that were either longer than what are in the episodes or that weren't in the episodes at all. That's still happening. All the other stretch goals are still applicable. But right now we can afford to do season one, which we think is six episodes. We're hoping the broad plan is to sell that and get it out there and get distribution. Six episodes is pretty much the universal world-friendly yeah. kind of thing, especially in, in Europe. And we hope that sale can help us do season two and, of course, our, our crowdfunding plans would include everybody that wanted to see that continue. So definitely. Um, um, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's letting the community drive it. It's yeah. if the support is there. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So we like, uh, we like our chances and because there are so many people that are on board, so many different subjects that we can talk about so many different aspects that we can discuss. I mean, even, even just the, 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 the PC gaming has me thinking, reading the question again, it's not just the shape. It's why we go from big boxes to, to smaller boxes, DVD cases because yeah. it's not like they're cheaper to manufacture because there's still a lot of times custom cases. Well, even like to that, uh, it's like, uh, thanks to our producer Tim, we have uh, the individual who worked with Fairchild who created the box and the cartridge. The idea of, of a box, a game in a box. Why a box that size? Why were the Atari boxes different? Why is a 3D and PlayStation One box different? And I think you said that a little too quick. He's the individual who's responsible for making the pitch and decision to put video games in boxes in a box, and he's willing to talk to us. Yep. 
That is, I mean, you can't get much more original than it, that. I it's mean, form it's, and content, and that's all form, right? And it's and we talked about plastic cases versus cardboard. That's relevant. And even at that time, I mean, plastic had to be cheaper to manufacture. Yeah. Obviously, the cartridges are on plastic and things like that. And they actually weren't always. There are metal cartridges. I mean, there, there's even something we could talk about, like the connection between TSR and video games. There's a lot of TSR Dungeons & Dragons artists that did a lot of video game work. Yeah. You know, and what is looking at that stuff, looking at the connection of tabletop stuff to box art. You know, as long as it connects to the world of video game box art and illustrators, that's all that matters. Got a question here from John real quick. Are you going to be uh, going to conventions like Portland Retro Gaming Expo like you guys did before or Let's Playing Gaming Expo that have uh, artists and the like? Are you going to be able to go on tour like you did with Nintendo Quest? Well, we're going to be at uh, PRG, Portland Retro Gaming Expo for sure, and that's part of your story. We're not going to give any away things yes. just yet, but um, uh, I don't know if any artists are going to be there for sure. Uh, Mark Erickson has been there in the past, which, of course, that's where I interviewed him for Nintendo Quest, who's also a participant on this again. Um, Had a blast last year. Can't wait to go back this yeah, year. Yeah, Portland was great. Um, um, game it, On, it, it, play an integral Yeah, we're going to be at Game On in Mesa, Arizona, which is put on by GameStar81, which is cool. It's almost like, okay, here's the documentary. So how do we make Portland and uh, Game On a part of this? Because these cons are great. So it's like, well, if we went there and we did this, then well, this will work. But they, I mean, they both, I mean, Portland. We're is, over 34,000, I should say, too. I'm going to find out who the backer is and give a shout out. I mean, Portland, I think, is an integral part in the fact that it is a huge, thriving community centered around the older games. I mean, it's very much a convention that focuses on the retro. I mean, it very much lives to its name. And same with Game On. I mean, who better to talk to about, you know, video game boxes than John Lester, who is still making games for things like the ColecoVision, the NES, the Super NES. And he not only makes the games, he makes boxes, he makes limited edition boxes. He'll make yeah. con-specific art just well, Again, I mean, he, what, what, we could do an episode on homebrews, right? Especially since the Nintendo Quest game is still coming out. Don't worry, it's being worked <laughs> on. You know, Joe Granato's working on He's got a game coming out, and even, there's a bunch of guys. Even, even, even not just the homebrew community. I mean, the indie community... As a whole, I yeah. mean, um, Axiom Verge. I know uh, George and I were actually talking about this recently. Yeah, where he just got hooked on it, and I'm like, one guy did all of the art design, all of the music, everything, and you know, how do you start and make it to that? I want to give a shout out to Avidin, who's our latest backer. That's pretty awesome. And Thanks actually, so much. He's actually uh, asking uh, right now. He made a comment. Bam! I like to wait till the last minute. There you go. As an artist, this is definitely one film I've been waiting for since I was a teenager. Cheers, guys, and thank you very much for the contribution. And we do do appreciate, you know, as far as the positive comment as well. We did have a, a slight adjustment there. We're seeing a lot of people adjust their tiers back and forth to try to find that right set. Um, one of the tiers that is pretty exciting is the um, Immortal Combat yeah. tier. And I called it Immortal Combat because you get to be in the film, and film is forever, right? right. We have only 11 of those left. So right now we have 14 people who get to appear, and now the episodes, somewhere in one of the episodes, we'll probably have a segment in the episodes dedicated to kind of what the fans think. Oh, definitely. Or, you know, what's going on with them, if they're promoting a game, if they're promoting the studio. We'll have that worked in somehow. And I think that adds a much-needed perspective. I mean, because sure. without the fans, the art doesn't mean crap. Sure. Or their <laughs> thoughts as well. You know, what, what embraces them about not only just the film itself, but box art in general. What, exactly. What, I mean, yeah. what drives that? Exactly. What's their inspiration? So unfortunately, because we have had an adjustment, we're down to 33, 8, 12. We were over 34. We have 20 minutes to go. 
it's not impossible to uh, to hit 35, but I mean, to be honest, this has just been pretty great already. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that the community came together and actually funded this, the fact that they wanted this to happen, that's amazing. Yeah, it's that's it's, none of these things are are ever guaranteed. Uh, so it, it's just fortunate that we get to do what we love and. You know, thank you so much for your your faith in us to make this happen, which is pretty cool. What the fans think? What WTF? Epic! There you go. <laughs> nice catching yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I almost almost swore on the live cast. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I, I like how he caught my uh, indie not homebrew. Yeah, that's probably my fault too. Way to go, Ian! <laughs> Thanks, buddy. There you go. Actually, I'm going to bring up some stats now that we're talking a little bit more people. Um, these are always interesting for me, some metrics. Um, top cities where backers came from. This is something we put out there, and we said we'd give the top city whoever backed that something special. We still don't know what it is, but when we start filling rewards, you probably find something cool. Top city, maybe by no surprise, is Las Vegas. The which home is, of Retro City Games. There you go, where we're based <laughs> from. So obviously you and Nicole have been really pushing it hard locally. Uh, you have so far beaten LA by a couple Melbourne, Australia though. I love it. They were strong for awesome. power of Grayskull. I want to thank uh, Darren and retro domination podcast. Cause those guys pushed us really hard, but thank you guys so much. And then we have uh, London, UK at seven backers, Chicago, one of your favorite cities, Doug, at another seven <laughs> Toronto in uh, Edmonton, a couple Canadian cities there, Boston, Sydney, Australia with another four and Columbus in the U S. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, all good. Uh, all God. I'm sorry. All God. God. I got a good laugh at a con when I went to seeing a few of the homebrew box stars for Hong Kong 97. Don't know <laughs> that one. Don't know that one. But I actually love a lot of the, the indie, the indie boxer that's out there. I, I actually, isn't Hong Kong the one that's like a, they used, uh, is it Jackie Chan or somebody? And it's like, there, there's actually like the, the death screen. I believe it's actually like a, um, Man, correct me wrong. It's actually like a dead person, like an actual photo I don't from know. a crime scene and stuff. I think if that's have, the right Hong Kong that I'm thinking of. I think I uh, Frank H just came on board. He's he's uh, I guess one of your contributors from Luxembourg, from okay. Europe. Me and my bro contributed, and we do want to thank you very much for your contributions to Box Art, the gaming documentary. Yeah. George is saying our good friend George is saying a real guy who was dead was on the cover of Hong Kong '97. Okay, that's yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, I want to take a look at. The the uh, where backers come from, top countries. This has very much been a, for the most part, domestic campaign. I would say yeah. U.S. Out of the 454 backers, 309 are from the U.S. And Canada is the second country with 35 backers. Then the U.K. at 27, Australia at 22, Sweden at 10. Then Germany, France, the Netherlands, Spain, and Norway. We also have backers from Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, uh, Japan, uh, and I believe Madagascar. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. I this mean, is kind of global, even though three quarters of it are tied to the U.S. It's still very kind of global, which is yeah, cool. I mean, that's amazing because anybody who knows Nicole and I, that's. I mean, I think part of the reason Vegas represented itself so well, and I'm not trying to be cocky, but is because we push communities so sure. much. We really try to. Build How does that make you feel, though, that you have? That's what I'm saying. That's amazing. That in like Australia, from- Germany. Kuwait. It's, it's that no retro city games now. It's strange because I mean we do have those small correspondences with you know people from Brazil and there's, a couple, there's a, a couple guys in Germany that we talked to who have been to our store. But the idea that like people that we've never met are coming together to not only support us but are I mean are really there for us. That's, that's sure. That's amazing. Here's here's a pretty cool stat, and it's cool for a couple reasons. 
Um, this is about backers as a whole. We have 454 backers as of right now. We have about 17 minutes left. 428 are returning backers to back this project, which means they've backed another project on Kickstarter before. Okay. 428 over 454, which is really cool, which means they have faith in Kickstarter, they have faith in us, and they believe in what we're doing to repeat that experience. 26 backers have never, ever backed on Kickstarter before. So whatever we did with our campaign was enough to convince them to sign up for an account, to go through the entire process for the first time and believe in us. That's huge, you know? And uh, every campaign that I do, I see the amount of new backers decrease. So crowdfunding is getting more popular and people are crowdfunding more often. Yeah, I think think it's also one of those things once you kind of get into the excitement of Kickstarter, it's a little easier to kind of start searching for other things. It's hard. But, it's dangerous. But, oh, I know. I sent you something earlier today yeah. that you were like, nope, nope, can't nope, nope. Way too much already. Yeah, I can't do it. Kickstarter <laughs> is like, you know, people talk about going on eBay after a few sodas at the bar and buying some stuff. Kickstarter's pretty great in the same way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's in, it's also that it's I, – I like the wait, the anticipation. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it can stretch that out for a while. I mean, I'm probably, what, six or seven projects deep right now? As far as just stuff I'm waiting for, sure. and uh, yeah, almost all of it's video game stuff. We got <laughs> for one. <laughs> we got some new comments in from Frank, from Steve, sure. uh, obviously from Biscuit again, uh, Jacques, and uh, Michael. You want to go ahead and read some of them while I put this over here? As far as he's very uh, valuable. So uh, Steve says, "I'm in from England, and the 2600 boxers are some of the most uh, resonant with memories of my youth." Yeah, man. Uh, again, one of our producers, Tim, is part of the Art of Atari yeah. book that's coming out, and uh, we're so thankful to have him on board, to have a lot of connections to the people responsible for that art, because it is just, it's breathtaking, right? Like, if I was going to say, you know, what is art? I would probably start with some of those covers. Like, you look at it, and you know that is art well, and right was, away. And that was probably the first mainstream, like, push for it. I mean, I think that was the first time, like, with the 26 turns, the first time where even, you know, People who weren't really gamers, the, the parents buying games for their kids or the random people, you know, that were just passerbys, recognize that art. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was the first real iconic pieces. I mean, sure, yeah. Even back to the Fairchild, like we talked about earlier, it's more just a number and a design. That's, I don't want to say forgettable, but it's something that outside of the moment, outside of that time period, you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikhail had a comment up there at the top. Yeah, it's a thing of the past mostly, but I do tend to up my pledge on a KS project solely to get the cool physical goods. Doing what little I can to keep box art somewhat alive. You know, we appreciate that, man. We're Thank big you. fans of having the, the tangible item. Absolutely. Um, I have such a hollow, vacuous feeling when I pledge something and it's a digital reward because I feel like, yeah, I'm supporting it, but I'm really getting nothing. You know, like I get that experience and it's not the same as getting that remember when you're a kid and you got a letter for the first time in the mail you're like oh my god i got mail now we get bills all the time and we're like uh. but, but does anybody remember their first email yeah i do you do yeah. i don't russian brides man i don't know what it is i don't know what it is but whatever hotmail back in the day didn't have good spam filters frank had something uh, no sure as far as um he's been a video game fan since the 80s the video game art from the past is the best, in his opinion. Uh, no newer game was capable of recreating that art and feeling. And you know, I gotta, I gotta agree with Frank that that sure. the past they do did spend you know had a greater attention to detail, 
spent more time, more care. Well, it's interesting that you look at the stuff on the Atari, and we just said, like, that's work of art. You know, like, it just resonated. It jumps off. So I want to know how much time did they spend, and how does that compare to other stuff? Well, exactly. And then um, I actually there, – there is this dissonance to me as well between um, American modern video game art and – Pal in Japanese. Sure. Um, actually, one that two that resonate with me really um, bigly is a uh, Okami. Okay. And um, folklore. Okay. Um, both in the U.S. are slightly I don't want to say generic, but they're kind of just there. And especially folklore, the, the Japanese, especially the the bigger collector's edition, it's this like pastel watercolor piece of art that you have to stare at for two or three minutes to really soak in everything. And Okami was very simplistic here. Yeah, it was just it was just a drawing. It didn't really give you an idea of the game, but in Japan it has a much different feel to it. It feels more like the painting that that game is. Well, you want to talk about comparison. I think the one franchise that jumps at everybody is Mega Man when it comes to differences and territorial releases. Definitely. I mean, the the stuff that's released in Japan versus the stuff that's released in North America versus the pal-European stuff is across the board different. So you can bet that we'll be talking about Mega Man at, at some point. Uh, shout out to Yacht Club and WayForward for keeping up the fight for physical releases and with beautiful instruction manuals. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yacht Club released Shovel Knight, which is great, and they were yeah. part of WayForward who just announced that they're doing a physical release of Shantae. So, you know, we talk about current day companies. I will be definitely reaching out to them. Limited Run Games is oh on board. Oh, my God. They're taking so, so much of my money. I know. <laughs> they're the best and the worst. Those guys are on board. I can't wait to talk to them. Rose Colored Gaming, who does a lot of physical uh, gaming stuff as well. You know, it's also it. the, the region where, you know, you can go and get games. Like you were talking about Japan, Europe, as far as the concern, there are areas in Europe where it has to be retail physical releases that are, that are when the games are actually released out. There. Sure. So, you know, that that's interesting because you can see that they still care. So have a great attention to detail as far as having something tangible in their hands. Yeah. Even, even 10 minutes that, to go guys, 10 minutes to go. Even part of that indie homebrew. I don't know. Is that a question or answer? <laughs> I don't know. Um, the uh, uh, the uh, Legend of Alia. Sure. I recently just picked up Nintendo Age did like an auction on it, and I mean that the detail on that was. Yeah. I think that. Have you seen the box set? I saw the picture you guys posted. I'll have to actually bring it in because. Oh, did you it, buy that? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this is the danger um, of owning your own game store. Uh. Well. Well. No. Yeah. I, I bought it on the auction. Um. George and I did it. It was. Um. The the box feels and looks exactly like an original NES box. The manual is and there's the styrofoam, there's the sleeve, the little bag that everything came in. Nice. It even came with like a little owl puppet. Oh, um, wow. The game itself is hand numbered, and then in the title screen it's numbered. I mean, the attention to detail really makes you feel like, holy crap, somebody made well, this you, twenty you, years when ago. When you can feel <laughs> it, you can feel the work that goes into it. You can't something that's. You know, in binary on a server somewhere, it doesn't really resonate. Exactly. Right. And then even just the artwork itself. Holy yeah. Crap. And it, amazing. one of the things that we've got access to for our documentary is a lot of the original canvases where a lot of this artwork was originally painted on and survived. So it's going to be cool to see that stuff. I got to tell you. And an insight into the people who actually collect that. Yeah. Kind of I mean, stuff. that's a whole other breed were, of yeah. collectors. My goodness. <laughs> we thought we have a tough collecting CIB NES stuff. And, 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 and the occasional sealed. And then all of a sudden you get into Oh, I got a factory sealed. Yeah. Well, I've got the canvas for <laughs> this. Like, oh my God, my head just explodes. When, when you're sitting there and somebody goes, I have Panic Restaurant. And for you example. Go, and you go, what? 
<laughs> yeah, it's just uh, mind-blowing to see some of that stuff. I couldn't agree with more with uh, what Ryan was saying, is that Venga Man, you can easily devote an entire episode to it. I couldn't agree with uh, you more, Ryan, on that. There's, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to pledge that we're going to do a yeah. whole episode on Mega Man, but obviously Mega Man is, is something um, that is worthy of an entire episode. It really depends who we can talk to and what perspectives we can get on it. I don't want it to be... 25 minutes of fans just saying what they like is their favorite. We need to have that perspective, oh, right? Yeah. So we do have uh, an artist who did the box art for Mega Man on a Game Boy title. We have Mark Erickson who did Mega Man 2, of course, as featured in Nintendo Quest already. And I think we have at least Mega Man 3 and, and one more artist. So four Mega Man artists could be pretty cool. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Shout out to Ben, who's our latest backer. <laughs> what? Canvas art collections? Get that out of my head. <laughs> Ian, you're going to love it when you see it, buddy. That's how I felt when I thought of that. Yeah, wait. And I was the first one to see it. I was like, uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. In this guy, we'll save it for the film. Yeah. He's pretty much got. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's pretty much (laughs) got most of my favorite games on the original canvas, too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all just take a moment and, of silence and think about it's, canvas yeah, it's, it's one of those things, if you like the box art at all, which I hope you do because you're here, Yeah, um, it's it's one of those things that's just like, wow, just owning any piece. It wouldn't have to be a game I liked. I'll be honest. Well, you know, I saw an eBay auction for one piece. It was, uh, I think it was F1 Self Fighter or something. It was sitting there forever. Yeah, and out. I was like, oh, and nobody, man. And we didn't, nobody saw it, and then all of a sudden it was It gone. was gone. And for gone. a lot cheaper than than it should have gone for, yeah. Uh, than you would think, yeah, yeah. A, a lot cheaper. And we have that artist on board too. It's a very, it was, which is cool. I will put it this way: it was extremely attainable for most people. I would say so. And any kind of collector that would buy a CIB game would it, would make the the upsell to get this. I would say most of your top tier NES and SNES games are way more expensive than. <laughs> what that went for. Sure. We got a question here. Is there going to be an episode or something about the most un the almost unknown system in the weird carts art that they had? I mean the ones that are obscure. TG sixteen three D O C D I I wouldn't say those are obscure. Uh, I, I think no. I think I mean they're no NES or or Master no. System or anything. So they'll definitely be covered. I mean we have What's our good friend Gabe in Utah who collects the Mega Duck? I was gonna say that that's exactly what yeah. The Mega Duck. Now that's obscure. Now that is obscure. And not only does he collect the Mega Duck, but he has one of the five prototypes. Wow. Straight, it's a variant color from Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the fifth variant color. So um, we will be talking to him to look at his Mega Duck collection so you can see that. We have six minutes left to go, guys. We're at 33844. So you still um, have time. You definitely oh, still definitely. have time. Uh, grab yourself a DVD, get your name in the end credits, get the special edition, get the Blu-ray, be in the film. If you can't make it to where we're filming, we're going to Skype with people. You know, we got lots of questions we're going to add. So, uh, yeah, Fairchild Channel F is definitely going to be in there. We definitely talked about that for sure. You know, they're the first cart that actually happened to be able to put a game on a cart instead of a console that had them pre-programmed. So Fairchild is definitely going to be mentioned one way or another. Oh, definitely. And it was kind of the... And correct me if I'm wrong. It's as far as the first cartridge. The first base. cartridge I believe it's the first I cartridge. I think it was the system. first. And they were all numbered yeah. carts. It's yeah. like it's like number one, and then like they had like the one, and then the four, and then I think there was. I want to say like I don't. know. I'm not even gonna say. I'm not gonna yeah. say that. Um, but that's part of the fun for this for me. I felt like, or at least I feel like, some of the other films that I do, I've almost got to be the expert going in. This I get to sit next to the guy or the girls who painted them. And I just get to say, I don't know anything. Tell me everything. Exactly. You know, and like, I just want to learn and soak it up. 
you know, because what do I know? They're the ones that painted the stuff. And I don't even, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's, it, it can, in my head, it's that broad of a question. Yeah. It's tell me what you did. Yeah. And why. So and that's the, go. <laughs> just whatever you feel is appropriate. Um, Bonnie was asking, uh, well, she wanted to actually elaborate more. Um, I guess uh, she remembered some weird console that had a triangular-shaped carts, forgot its mm. name, not sure if it ever got games other than the packaging, packing cart, ring a bell. I, no, I don't know. Triangle-shaped cart. No, I'm not sure. Mikhail, you're doing well, man. You, you've you've helped us a lot. Don't feel bad about not being able to to give us more. Every dollar helps. People that have shared, you guys are are awesome. Uh, all the shout outs, it it really, 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 you know, it helps. Uh, Frank says, I want my stuff this year. Frank, I'd love to be able to do that, buddy, but that's not going to happen. That's why we do have a December 2018 delivery. That's mainly because we have so many people in schedules to deal with. Yeah. I would hope that it's done before then, but I don't want to say that it won't be, you know, or, I, I, or that it, even that it will be. Yeah, that, that it will be. So I want to give that leeway, that time in. That works both ways, right? Like that extra time may allow us to do more. It may allow us to make deals. It exactly. may allow us to put more money in above and beyond Kickstarter. So. And it's not just scheduling. It's getting a few people at a time to make our travel and the, the money that you guys have you know helped us raise worth it. Well, it's yeah. just like a video game itself. You know, a video game, they, you know, obviously sometimes they get pushed into an earlier release. Uh, window before as far as they're able to go ahead and make a quality product so they have to push it back and push it back and and those type of things add negative publicity to the game which you know obviously is not good for anyone and I, I think the same would go here you know you, you you put at reasonable date as far as it's concerned for for you to provide the viewers and the contributors out there a quality quality film worth watching that will tell a great deal about box art there's there's nothing worse than you know, over promising and under delivering. True. That's, that's the worst thing, honestly. And it kills me right now that for Nintendo quest, we've always said the end of 2016 for the game, but that's like a year and a bit after we've already delivered the DVDs and stuff. So that's all happening in the background. I'm the kind of guy that I don't like to procrastinate. I like to get things done. Oh, so, yeah. but it's a process as well. So I think that's George coming. Had, Go ahead, George. I think George had that answer as far as for the triangle. The Telstar? Yeah. Okay. Don't worry, Frank. You're going to get good stuff. We always we always prioritize quality over quantity. We're not going to race stuff out. It's just not worth it. So, two minutes to go. 455 backers. We're at thirty three thousand eight hundred forty four dollars right now. You still have time. I am getting some notifications on my phone. Uh, it just looks like some comments and stuff are going on there. Nothing. Nothing crazy. Seventy five seconds. This is literally counting down at this point. Um, it's getting close. Uh, Mikhail said, "Yes, it was the Telstar." Can anybody put us over the thirty-four thousand dollar mark? If somebody wants be awesome. to be in the film, we get over that, and that's great. Now, you may be wondering, okay, so we haven't hit the stretch goal of thirty-five. We're over thirty. Where does that extra money go? Well, the three thousand extra right now. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's Kickstarter's ten percent that they're going to take right away. Yeah. So we lose ten percent right away for Kickstarter funds. That thirty-three eight hundred also. Um, it doesn't. That includes shipping that people have donated. So if you've pledged a reward and has twenty dollars shipping, it was eighty dollars reward. Well, it'll show as a hundred dollars here. Yes, so there's will. a lot of this money that includes your shipping stuff in there. So Frank wants us to show us one more box art. Well, we have twenty four seconds <laughs> to go. Make that twenty, nineteen, 
18. Any last words as we count down here? Guys, we're at 15, 14. 15. Doug, we have another backer, <laughs> Stefan. I'm, I'm kind of just, just gave us 56 bucks. It I'm actually like. speechless that we've made it this far. I mean, I can't believe the community came together like this. and It's pretty cool. Yeah. So officially, it looks like we've ended at $33,900 with 456 backers. Round of applause for you guys. Thank you so Thank you. much. Absolutely. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I, I can't believe it's done. I'm looking. It's there's the people back here in the store as we're going there. live. There's some tears <laughs> in the eyes of some people back there. I know mine as well. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's very, very cool. It's very, very cool. Congratulations uh, again to the entire team for you guys. I'm so, so happy for you guys. Now guys. we got to do this. Right? Now we got to do this. This is cool. This or is cool. Uh, 456 people will be really pissed off. Yeah, that might not And work the other 1,000 trolls will be mad anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no trolls in the gaming community. No. This is the interwebs. There's no trolls. Yeah. Do you have another piece of box art that you want to show? Did you want to show some F1 Rock stuff? Yeah, if you give me just a second, I can get sure. some together. Okay, so Doug's going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a minute and just say... Uh, thanks to the backers. There is a bunch of, obviously we talked about the first time backers. There was, I think 26 of you, the rest of you are, are, you know, used to being on Kickstarter. You guys are awesome. I want to thank all the video game fans that are out there without you. This project probably wouldn't happen. I want to thank the entire crew that made this happen again. This wouldn't happen if everybody didn't put a little effort in. And there's a small group of people that I really want to thank. And those are the people that continually back the projects I put out there on blind faith based on what I'm able to do with it. You guys mean so much to me. You just take a random chance that maybe I'll like what Rob's doing this time. And you put 20, 30, 40, sometimes a couple hundred dollars in there. So thank you so much that you have that faith in me. I won't let you down. This is going to be a great project. Very much a human interest story. You're going to see who these people are and why you got the cover art that you got and, and everything in between. It's, you know, from canvas to cover, so to speak. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to and, be an awesome ride indeed as far as just, you know, getting the updates from you as far as where you're at, who you're going to talk to, and, and what's, you know, coming forward for as far as for the film itself. Yeah, and, you know, this isn't Radio Silence. Everybody that knows me knows it's easy to get a hold of us. Message us on Kickstarter. Message us on Twitter. Uh, Facebook. We'll do updates constantly both on boxartdoc.com and robmccallumfilms.com. You'll probably see a blog entry in the coming months about what this whole campaign process was like and where we're going. First up for us is actually something pretty exciting. It happens uh, a little less than a month from now. We actually get to start filming at E3. And how does E3 figure into Boxer? Well, no big deal. We get to see all the new games that are coming out. And, of course, I'm curious to see what the box art is for those games and how much box art matters today. And how much box art is there represented. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the questions that you may pose to people that are at the convention. Yeah. I've been to E3 uh, on a few occasions. Uh, no big deal. No big deal at all. Just 50,000 people crammed between two halls. Uh, it's uh, going to be a great time for you guys and gals uh, that are there. But I've, I'm interested to see what, what you'll come up with as well because, uh, you know, in that big old hubbub and all the commotion yeah. that is E3, um, you know, just the simpler, littler things sometimes, uh, you know, mean so much. And you finding out – the intricacies of what box art is today 
and what it means today is is something very going to be a very interesting aspect indeed. Sure, I got one question too that came in late. It came in right after. Uh, it was asked, where are we going to be filming the Immortal Combat stuff? It really depends on where you are and where we are. If we can meet up in person, I know a few people will be at E3. We will probably film their sections with them there. If not, like some of our international backers, we will film with them over Skype and get their responses that way. We cross paths at a column. There's, yeah, there's, there's column. a lot of so between ways that Portland, we can... Mesa, E3, and who knows what would happen next year. Even, um, I know we're, I mean, Vegas is a little bit of a tourist spot. Yeah, come out to happen- Vegas. Yeah. Well, I'm saying if anybody happens to be here or around here while we're traveling, that's something we can work out. And Yeah. Sure. It looks like we got a few congratulatory messages, which is pretty cool here. Absolutely. Cool, cool. Yep. And we appreciate everybody's support as far as for the project itself. Uh, we're still going, guys. So if there's, uh, you know, anything you want to say as far as it's concerned, you know, um, we're getting some interesting messages from Gerald's computer here right yes, now. Yes, so. exactly. So, <laughs> Dream Dreamweaver is launching and, and trying to get us to build a website as yeah, we are doing this. Exactly. Stream, but uh, still, just wanted to make sure that you guys get you know a hearty congratulations from the entire gaming community. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as it's concerned, so it's still there. Let's see so. if we can get that screen up so Doug can show off this yes. art. Yeah, I know a couple it's, of you. It's still to... there. It's still there. So you can go ahead and show it. it it'll pop up. On well, the I know a couple of you wanted to see a little bit more of the box art. Um, two of these that I thought were interesting. Um, this is from F1 Rock 2, actually, where um, this is one of those that actually shows – right, I'll hold this up – where it is not just one layer um, of actual art, but it shows where they went in and corrected on two. So just like Rob was talking about earlier, where it's like, it's almost like a physical Photoshop file yeah, where, the, where the layers are pulled in on top of each other, and it is it literally creates one piece of art. Um, and then there were two reasons I found this actually pretty cool when uh, Nicole and I were going through it. Um, is that there's a it's most of us just assume oh the artwork is what it is and this is a, a separate design for the actual label. Um, one of the interesting things I thought is you know mm-hmm. the common vernacular is cartridge or cart. Yeah. Um, even internally, and I see this on most yeah. of the stuff is they call it a cassette. This is called. Yeah. I have. I hate when people call it tapes. Yeah, you got any why. of them Nintendo, Nintendo tapes? Um, and I, I heard that a lot on Nintendo. And I don't. Plus. I don't know why it bothers me. It shouldn't, but it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, but this is actually the same thing, where it's multiple layers of them working out. Um, I mean, over here is color corrections and the color values, um, actual corrections on you know labeling and actually what has to be in the actual code, the NESYB USA for Adventures of Tom Sawyer, um, and then same thing. This is a few layers where. They actually had a transparency and a, a negative of the box mm-hmm. of the art. Yeah. Then on top of that, I don't know if I'm holding this up correctly. Of the art, and then on top of that, literally just, um, just an overlay. Yeah, they, uh, just, yeah. they just they just, just cut, cut out. out. Yeah. And then literally, the artist had to go in and say, "This will be." Had to visualize it without drawing it. Yeah. And I think what's that's interesting is the scale thing. that this is presented onto. So this board is obviously a lot smaller than the other boards, but these dimensions obviously correspond to some sort of bigger scale somewhere. Well, exactly. And the fact that this is the exact size of the label, that yeah. they're literally just figuring out the actual label design, I thought it's pretty interesting. It's cool, man. But yeah, it's cool. Uh, we have another question that's coming in is, are we going to be doing a Slacker Backer campaign? For those of the, you that don't know Slacker Backer uh, and Backer Kit, which I'm sure we will be fulfilling with for our campaign here, uh, allows people to donate after the fact, after the Kickstarter is done. And I think mutually we've decided what we're going to do right now is we just want to get our heads around what we have, what we can work with in, in our approach. And then down the road, once we get closer to a release date, 
will open up some of the rewards, but certainly not all of them. And there will definitely, the people who pledged on Kickstarter will definitely have a different, I don't know, experience, but different set of things than anything that will be available. Down the road, you'll be able to get the Blu-ray, the DVD, the digital stuff, but you're not going to be able to get the exclusive stuff that was available for the first-time supporters, the people that believe this in the beginning. I just wanted to make that clear. We understand that, you know, there's financial issues for people. This is coming out. We launched right after tax time. You know, Mother's Day took a lot of money. There's, you know, big stuff coming up for the summer. Life. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I got hit with taxes this year like you wouldn't believe. So believe me, I get it. Um, Stuff happens. We understand. You'll be able to get the movie and stuff later. Maybe one or two of the rewards. But, you know, our our faith and love have got to go with the Kickstarter backers first. And, yes, the people who backed us early, that's, I mean, not only our appreciation, but that's where the little yeah. right now has to stand. And yeah, yeah. So, and I should say, you and I have at least, and Decole too, have been talking about some exclusive backer kit items. Yes. So, backer kit. When you do your survey, you have an option to add other items if we make that available. And we are thinking about doing some exclusive items to that process. So, even when we open up that campaign to new people that didn't order stuff, there will be there. There's going to be a reason for them to secure the film then. As opposed to when it gets released through a distributor. Exactly. There, um, I, I can say nothing official and nothing for sure, but playing around with the, the mediums in which things are released yeah. and the way in which they're released, that I think a lot of you, especially from the 80s and 90s era, will find very interesting. Yeah. So one of the fun things I did for Nintendo Quest as a stretch goal was release stuff on the soundtrack on cassette, for yep. example. And that was pretty cool to a lot of people. Some people just wanted the digital download, but everybody that you know, kind of ordered it. And every now and then I just kind of randomly slide a cassette into people that order from nintendoquest.com and they order a Blu-ray. So I'm just kind of throw one in there. Yeah. You actually, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, th- I think little touches like that are cool. So, you know, we hope to do something similar definitely. when we get to that stage and we have a lot of ideas. So um, this kind of winds down yeah. what I had planned. So I, again, thank you for everybody that, you know, continued to watch and, and get us to the end. Um, couldn't ask for more. Now the real work begins again. Ninety-nine percent before. No, now this is when the real work. Oh yeah, begins. So, uh, any last words, Doug? Oh, I'm sorry. I just caught George's mechanized attack is behind the leaf. Yes, it's just over here. Yeah, mechanized attack. And Ryan is definitely coming out to yeah. Vegas. Looking forward to it, buddy. Awesome. Any last words? I just want to say thank you um, from Nicole, Rob, Gerald, all of us. Thank you. I mean. I am really humbled by the fact that everybody decided to do this and really wanted to back us. I'm, we're going to work our hardest to give you the best. Doug is can. not often one without words, and he is looking for words. I've never been in this position. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say that. I've, yeah. Um, Big thanks to Gerald for yeah. hosting this and bringing all his gear in so that we could do this live stream. I didn't want to go out with a little bit of a whimper, so we appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Again, you can get, get a hold of us on boxartdoc.com. Uh, Retro City Games on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash boxerdoc. And, of course, for all your information and news for everything in the world of gaming and pop culture, visit yourgamesource.com. Absolutely. Game Gerald, source. thanks so much. How we, how can people find you? Well, Game Source on Facebook, at Game Source on Twitter, and our new handle, uh, Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. I'm going to be making sure that everyone that follows one of those sites gets the latest updates on Boxer. Cool. Well, thanks so much, guys, and uh, until next time, game on. 
Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.